You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Anybody's kid, when you say, hey, would you take out the trash? And they say, praise the Lord. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. When it's time to really do something responsible around the house, you know. I mean, my kids have never jumped for joy and said, oh, mom, dad, I, I'm so privileged to be able to do that. But that's just, that's just the way a young person is. That's just a characteristic. They always want to be entertained. They always want to play. And a youthful temptation is shirking responsibility just to have fun. Are you still in a childlike state as a believer? Is your life focused on serving self or on serving the kingdom of God? The tasks he requires of you won't be fun or easy. They most likely will require you to step out of your comfort zone and to make some serious sacrifices. As Pastor Danny illustrates in today's message, that's what's necessary as a follower of Christ. You have to move beyond the stuff that makes you feel good and step up into greater purpose and calling on your life. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, with today's edition of The Living Word. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You're the real deal. You really are saved. You really do know the Lord. And so if I'm going to be then a noble vessel, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work, Flee the evil desires of youth. Don't misunderstand that statement. Flee the evil desires of youth. He's writing, of course, to Timothy, but it's holy writ, and so it's meant for us, all of us as Christians. Scholars believe that Timothy at this time was about 35 years old, still younger than the Apostle Paul, but no longer a teenager, no longer a kid. And so flee the evil desires of youth, the youthful longings, the youthful lust, as one translation has it is applicable both for the younger person in age and the older person who's never grown up. There's some men who are still boys because they've never grown up. There's some women who are still uh, girls because they've never grown up. They've never matured. And the idea here, listen, if you're going to become a noble vessel, vessel useful to the master, then you got to grow up. And, and even the younger person can become mature. You don't have to be like everybody else. Uh, in your age bracket, you can become mature. So what I want to give you, because it's the passage, it's really the thrust of the passage, flee the evil desires of youth. I want to give you six characteristics that you're going to have to flee from and continue to flee from <laughs> if you're going to be a noble vessel for the Lord. And the first is clear in the passage. And that's you got to stop the foolish and stupid arguments. And the arguments he's talking about especially have to do uh, with the Word and with truth. You know, there's some Christians and some churches that major on the minors and minor on the majors. I mean, the things we argue about. You ever, you ever think of kids? You know, my kids, when they were young, they'd argue about the craziest things. And you're an adult and you're a parent, and you're going, why are you arguing about that? And as an adult now, you can't understand it. But when you were their age, you did the same thing. 
Listen, life is too short and the mission is too clear to sit around and argue over non-essentials. Get on the main highway, and the main highway is Jesus and being conformed to his image, and as God is conforming us to his image, reaching out to a hurting world. Everything else is pretty much a non-essential. There's so many things we see in a glass darkly and are not clear about, and the Bible doesn't make it clear to us, and we won't totally understand it and have all the answers until we get there. But I certainly understand clearly the most important things. Stop quarreling over words. Stop the foolish, stupid arguments and some churches end up just arguing over stuff instead of getting busy with the mission. That's true, isn't it? Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Let me give you a second. My two favorite classes growing up in school, my two favorite classes were lunch and recess. Lunch and recess. I was always always excited about both of those. Here's a characteristic of youth. Here's a characteristic of youth. They always want to play. Come on, come on. And if your kids have done this, don't you tell me. Don't you tell me. Anybody's kid, when you say, hey, would you take out the trash? And they say, praise the Lord. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. When it's time to really do something responsible around the house, you know. I mean, my kids have never jumped for joy and said, oh, mom, dad, I, I'm so privileged to be able to do that. But that's just, that's just the way a young person is. That's just a characteristic. They always want to be entertained. They always want to play. And a youthful temptation is shirking responsibility just to have fun. Just to have fun. Let me tell you a third. You take a kid into Walmart, what do they gravitate to? Oh, the toy section. Oh, I remember as a kid, man, I could not wait for the Sears Christmas catalog. I mean, I'm kidding. That's when, you know, they used to send them out to everybody. You get this thick catalog, you know, and I knew right where to go. I was a professional. I knew right where to go. Man, I'd go right to the toy section. And I'm checking out every toy, and I'm, oh, man, I got them all picked out. Oh, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. I'll never forget the fire truck I got. Oh, man. Got up one Christmas morning, walked in there, and there, this thing. You know, oh, I was so excited. Maybe yours wasn't a fire truck. Maybe yours was a Corvette. And guess what? Some of us still that way, and we're older now, and we're on our own. And you go see the real Corvette right up the road. Here, here's the deal. A youthful temptation is, is just to want more. You take a kid in a candy store, oh, can I have this? Can I have, can I have that? Can I have? And there's never enough. Never enough. Listen, listen to this proverb. Proverbs 30, 15, the leech has two daughters. Give, give, they say. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, land, which is never satisfied with water, and fire, which never says enough. Now, if I were writing the Bible, now, I, thank God I didn't, but if I were writing it, I'd add one more. And parents could add a fifth to that. You know what it would be? My kids. Oh, that's enough. Just one piece of candy. Just one toy. No, never enough. 
And here's the idea. This youthful temptation just to accumulate more toys, just to get more stuff. And adults fall into that. The toys just get bigger and more expensive. And some people, that's all they're living for. The bigger house, the bigger paycheck, and the nicer car. And you'll never be useful to the master. Never be a noble vessel by just trying to accumulate more stuff. Let me give you a fourth. For this one, you could write down, if you'd like to turn to it, you can. 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12. Rehoboam, son of Solomon, is now on the throne. And the story here... Beginning in verse 3 says, So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. One of the things Solomon did later in his, um, in his kingship and his rule is he taxed the people very heavily. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days and then come back to me. And so the people went away. And then... Verse 6, King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. And these guys had seen the good things about Solomon in the early days, and then they saw the failure as he got older. And so they replied, if today you'll be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. These were his buddies, his pals. He asked them, what's your advice? How should we answer? How would you answer these people and, and uh, say to me, lighten, who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him replied, tell these people who have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Tell them. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I'll make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I'll scourge you with scorpions. Tough guys. You tell them how tough you are, and you show them how tough you are, man. That's bad advice. And here's the deal. Another youthful temptation that you've got to be careful about and flee and that is just getting advice from people that are your pals and your buddies. I'm not saying they won't sometimes give you good advice, but a lot of times they won't give you good advice. You ask them advice about whether they should submit to their parents or hide behind their back something, you know, because your, your, your buddies might be doing the same thing, and so what are they going to tell you to do? They're going to tell you how to hide it from your parents better. The book of 2 Timothy finds its author at the end of his time on earth. The Apostle Paul had served the Lord faithfully, traveling countless miles and facing all kinds of situations and persecutions, always presenting the gospel message in truth and love. Paul began many churches and trained many leaders, one of whom this letter was addressed to, Timothy. Paul used his pen to encourage this young leader, but also to remind him that though death may be near, the work of the ministry wasn't over. Paul had more to do, and he planned to continue until he met his Savior face to face. No matter where you are in your life at this moment, God is calling you to continue serving. 
You have a purpose on this earth, and you can always make a difference. Your circumstances may shift and your body may age, but your Savior and His message have never changed. Continue to fight the good fight, as Paul puts it, and finish your life strong in your faith. We're so glad that you joined us today for Pastor Danny's message in the book of 2 Timothy. If you'd like to hear more teachings from the Living Word, visit ccfstpete.church. We'd also love to meet you. So if you're in the area, come be a part of our weekly gatherings at Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Petersburg, Florida. We meet Saturday at 6 p.m. and again on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Join us for a time of fellowship and Bible study, digging into God's Word as a collective group of imperfect believers. Find out more at our website, ccfstpete.church. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Living Word. 